Welcome to My Turn Podcast, the gaming podcast hosted by three extra competitive siblings. I'm Jem, I'm the big sister. I'm Erin, I'm the little sister. And I'm today's specially adopted brother, Tim. Yay! Hi, Tim. Yeah! <laughs> so uh, our middle brother, Billen, is being lame and working tonight so we are joined by our extra special additional stand-in brother Timmy yeah thanks for having me thanks for having me along I wasn't doing anything tonight so you know couldn't go out couldn't go for a run it's funny that isn't it we're we're being on a lockdown you know you can't really do anything so what are you finding there is something you can do as a result Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I think, I think that there is I something we can still do. I think Tim's been doing something else on his own as well. Something else? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Jen. I mean, that is something, because you... So so this is the life and times of uh, Corona virus mahoosive. So we are all uh, doing this, uh, recording this uh, in isolation-ish. Um, I don't live on my own. Erin, you live in a house with five other adults. Tim lives completely on his own. So there I is do. a solo activity that you can actually do. <laughs> that the rest of us it's, probably uh, can't. Yeah, it, it's called working from home. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I do. Hey, I work from home anyway, and I live alone. So this state of solitude is very familiar to me. Uh, so, uh, what better thing to talk about than games when we're all at home with loads of time on our hands, uh, mm-hmm. needing, needing some good entertainment. Uh, Tim, have you listened to our podcast before? I have. I have. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Were you impressed with how professional we are? No. <laughs> Not at all. You're, you're a bunch of chaotic, wild things. <laughs> we don't argue too much, do we? Yes, you do. I thought All we were the quite time. a civil family, Although, less than when I see you together, face oh, really? to face. Like, that's sort of you and your good behaviour. You're worse in reality, I oh, think. Oh, good. At least we tone it down for, you know, professional reasons. What what the listeners can't experience <laughs> is the wrestling, I feel. Like, they can't <laughs> see the actual physical violence, activity, throwing to the ground. So we have the live business. stream a wrestling match, sibling wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think so. Yeah. And because we are half Turkish, wrestling is in our DNA. And because we are half Turkish, half Italian, uh, olive oil is often involved in that wrestling. It is. This is why your carpet is so can stained. Get really, can get pretty messy. <laughs> yeah. All those patches on the floor have an answer. <laughs> uh, we have fun, though, when we're not trying to um, kill each other. Um, so, uh, our resident pedant, Billen, is not here. No. Who's going to correct everyone? Tim, are you a good pedant? Uh, I mean, I could give it a go. Let's, let's see what rubbish you come out with and whether I feel inspired to tell you off. <laughs> Here's an idea. Um, maybe any time Tim does a Billen, we can put a little like sound effect on it or a little like announcement, like da 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 da. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, a little victory sound every time he does a billing. Okay, very good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I feel the pressure to actually actively look for it. 
Let's see how it goes. I mean, just <laughs> let's just see how it goes. I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> the main thing is we're going to have more fun now because we can actually just be silly. <laughs> and and be wrong, you mean? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, yeah. Uh, the amount of research we do before this podcast is we kind of look on Wiki for about two seconds about the games we're going to talk about. I don't know. I mean, and, maybe, uh, maybe you do. Some notes. I, I kind of just... My research is I play the game a bit and, yeah, hope for the best. <laughs> so I hope I remember I mean, stuff. I do have to pick you up on something already. You said you did this research just before the podcast, but actually you told me to uh, dial into this meeting at eight o'clock and then said, hang on, I've just got to do my research. So, you know, <laughs> the, the timing yeah, I there, I don't think it quite works five out. five minutes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> We're not the most organised bunch, are yeah, we? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, we are a slick operation, as you can tell. Uh, mm. Hopefully this, this feed comes out well. Which is, this is the first time we've attempted it. We're from three different locations, uh, all in sort of southeast London-ish. So, hey, shout out southeast London, massive self-isolation crew. Do you think that's going to make a difference for the internet that we're all in southeast London? Do you think it'll be kind to us? I mean, yeah, I feel like south of the river, the internet's just a, got a bit more vibes going on. <laughs> right, it's edgy. It's a bit edgier. <laughs> it's a bit more grounded and edgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Let's, I mean, who knows? Let's see. Basically, Aaron's just going to get a lot of files and have to make them nice. Oh, oh, cheers, guys. Yeah. Oh, I trust your, your recording quality, all of you. Otherwise, I'll get, be giving you shit. Yeah, I'm just going to double check mine is recording. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, so we're not going to have a repeat of the last time where I went away, played the squash game, came back, and you hadn't recorded any more pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but so I think I played yeah, two squash so games. Spoilers for the last episode. My uh, my recorder ran out of uh, room on the file, so. It was meant but... to be. <laughs> Go back and listen to that joyous number. Uh, all right, so let's talk about some games, shall we? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Nah. 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 Okay, uh, who'd like to go for... In fact, what games are we going to talk about today? Erin, what are you talking about? So, I've been playing Borderland 3 uh, quite a lot recently, so I'd like to talk about that. Not completed, but very much enjoying it. Okay, Tim, what are you talking about today? Well, I have chosen Assassin's Creed Odyssey because, uh, for one thing... There's a lot of rumours of the next Assassin's Creed coming up later this year, which might be called Ragnarok or Valhalla, something about Vikings, probably. It's uh, so in right reason, now. Vikings are so in right now. Yeah, exactly. So rumours <laughs> of the next one are out. Uh, it was free uh, to download and play in March when all this isolation kicked off. And thirdly, it takes place at a time when Athens is being besieged by plague. So I thought... Triple win. Let's go for that. Uh, and just completely out of left field, I'm going to talk about Untitled Goose Game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've all gone for computer games uh, this time around. So uh, who wants to kick us off? Uh, why don't we have Tim first, actually? Yeah, guest yeah, first. Let's yeah? have Tim first, okay. as you're the guest. Got and then, Tim. Oh. So... Uh, You've told us what you're talking about. Who's it by? What did you play it on? Okay, so it's by Ubisoft. 
uh, Ubisoft Quebec, to be precise. It's out on Windows, PS4, Xbox, Stadia, and I think Switch, but only in Japan at the moment. Not quite sure. Uh, It was out in October 2018. It's the 11th major installment of Assassin's Creed. I played it on the Xbox One. Ah, okay. Um, And in a nutshell, what is Assassin's Creed Odyssey about? Okay, so as I hinted at, the game is set in 431 BCE. That's the beginning of the Peloponnesian War. That's so hard to say. Peloponnesian War, which was fought between uh, various city-states of Greece. So you play the role of a mercenary, or a mystios, as they call it, fighting variously either for the mystios, for the Delian (laughs) League, which is led by Athens, or the Peloponnesian League, uh, which is led by Sparta. And the game's main storyline has you attempting to restore your fractured family after your sibling was thrown off a cliff when they were a baby (gasps) and left for dead by their father, who's at the command of a Spartan oracle. Wait a minute, I'm just going to stop you there. So in in the blurb of the game, there's infanticide. Yes, this is ancient Greece we're talking about. A baby is getting thrown off a cliff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And, I mean, there's worse stuff than that. Uh, Then there's a parallel quest line to all the bad stuff that happened to your family, which is that you're hunting down and exterminating this malign cult, which is trying to play the different states of Greece off against each other. And then you can either play it as uh, Cassandra or Alexios, Um, they're siblings but you get to choose which one you are that doesn't actually make a difference to the storyline or the romances that you choose and play out but it's just whether you want to play as a male or female ah who did you pick i picked alexios uh i chose the man i think i'd just done a couple of games where i'd played as women and i fancied a change it wasn't that i personally always play as a man i played yeah it fancied a difference and also i was fully aware that this being ancient greece i'd get to basically bang my way around the islands um with lots of lots of swarthy (laughs) greek heroes and that i did yeah um, my partner alex was playing this game last year and uh i actually thought alexios was pretty hot yeah he is yeah Yeah. it's basically just half naked people running around killing each other there's a lot of killing, there's a lot of banging. Um, and hot there's tone bodies. A lot of history, there's a lot of mythology. Sorry? And hot tone bodies? Lots of hot tone bodies, but also some quite rotund ones because there's a lot of philosophers in it too. So there's variety. They just sit around and eat and think. Yeah. You, I mean, you actually get to go to the symposium, like the famous symposium with Socrates and Aristophanes. And, you know, if I had a TARDIS, that's where I'd go. Who doesn't want to sit amongst these great thinkers and just get drunk and talk philosophy? So I got to Aaron role play that. Erin looks really, on the video chat right now, Erin looks really blank because he doesn't know who you're talking about. Oh, there's going to be so much more of this as I describe. <laughs> as I answer your next questions, there's going to be even more history. Philosophers? So up. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're going to have a minor philosophy degree by the end of this chat. Oh, fantastic. So oh, I have a podcast and I'm learning as well. The, um... 
Before we move on with the analysis of the game, Tim, I have a really key and important question to ask you. And Erin, uh, please weigh in if you need more detail about this. Yeah. Uh, really important question is, Alexios, Geralt of Riviere, how, <gasps> how do they compare? No! <laughs> Nothing compares to Geralt. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't I mean me <laughs> I my answer as always is why choose <laughs> what could be a more delightful sandwich yeah, fair enough <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have none of your censorship thank you very much Jem I'll have them both wait what's his name again Alexia excellent uh, we can we can move on with the rest of the very important analysis of the game now am I allowed to <laughs> okay, <sneak> good. <laughs> What was that, Erin? Am I allowed to sneak peek of him? Erin uh, is now going to find a picture of Alexios. No, he's still Geralt. This is, make, this is tantalising radio, right. by the way. <laughs> he's 6 out of 10. Geralt <laughs> is still 10 out of 10. <laughs> you visibly winced on the video chat there, Erin. You, you weren't impressed with Alexios. <laughs> he's he's alright. I mean, he's quite pretty, but, you know, Geralt is just like the... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Tim, what were your expectations of this game before you actually started it? Mm. So I think any regular player of Assassin's Creed knows that it's going to be Assassin's v Templars scenario. And there's yeah. going to be some supernatural sci-fi story about ancient gods uh, that also gets played out in another storyline in the modern day where future assassins are experiencing your game as though it's an immersive VR. And then there's lots of sneaking around and stabbing people with a hidden blade and loads and loads of historical trivia. Mm. Okay. So that was your expectation of what you were going to get? Yeah, I think that was my expectation. I think it would be anyone's expectations. If you've played more than one Assassin's Creed game, you know what the vibe is going to be. Is, is Assassin's yeah. Creed, just, just quickly, is Assassin's Creed one, one of these games where you can either choose to play quite violently or, or choose to play quite sneakily, or is it just a a balance of the two you don't really get a, a specific way to play a, a role as such it's a spectrum erin um yeah you can favor <laughs> sneakiness you can choose to be an all-out brawler usually there are occasions where you're required to do one or the other and then it's up to you what you do in between um I, with with games where you can be sneaky i always like to be sneaky because i think that's sort of what the game is designed to to be to be best played as so i enjoy sneaking around but i will say with this one there was much more forced open combat than i think i'd experienced previously because there are some cutscenes where you absolutely have to fight one-on-one -on -one with someone who's a bit badass and so if you are if you're used to putting all your buffs into sneakiness you'll find yourself come up short at some point in the game where you have to do that one-on-one -on -one combat. So be warned. Yeah, that would be me. Because I, lo I love sneaking. Mm. Do you? I've, I d I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to be the complete opposite. I'm always someone who likes to just get into a fight with someone because I don't know if you're going to completely disagree with me. I think that's where the skill is. I mean, sneaking is just, you know, just being little quiet. <gasps> But like, you know, doing backflips and stabbing people the back, that's the one. The... It's a different skill <laughs> sneaking. It requires patience. 
And I think that's a valuable skill to learn in gaming. Sometimes we just want that instant hit of, I succeeded. But being able to actually have a plan and be still and think is not always present in all games. So I think if you can do it, sometimes it's quite good. Yeah, but most people change. don't have the attention span to be sneaky, do they? They just want to get in there, get stuck in. And... Some people don't, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, I would say in most games, I'm not a patient person, but in a, in a game where I can be stealthy and I can plot the strategy of my attack so that I can do pick off a couple here, pick off a couple there, I'm really patient. Like, especially in games where you get a little kind of eye meter. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. say, classic example in Skyrim where you literally get an eye. Or a lot of games you'll get like a red arrow or something. Where I'll happily just wait those out. Just wait and wait and wait and wait. And then when they've gone, you know, you just adjust your movement slightly. You can just get a quick arrow out. And then you get back when the, when the alert comes off. And then you wait and wait and wait. And then you're just sweet again. I love it. They don't know what's hit them. Well, it's by brilliant. not playing the game, basically. <laughs> You're just sitting there watching no, the screen going... Like, oh. It depends whether the game has those specific um, mechanics built into it. So, for example, with Assassin's Creed, you can you know, hide in a nearby bush, whistle for them, they hear and they come investigating, and then you sneak out and stab them with your hidden dagger. Or, um, yeah. you know, the ones where you can walk through a crowd and just very subtly stab them with a poison thing and then walk off. And then it's only a few seconds later that they collapse, by which point you're gone. Or you can hide in a cloud of smoke, or you can get an upgrade where you can actually shoot arrows through walls, which confuses your enemies very much. So it depends whether they've actually designed the game for that or not, I think. See, that already sounds like there's a lot more variety to the way you approach being sneaky than there is in something like Skyrim, which is literally you crouch and then you shoot them with an arrow, or you can slowly sneak up behind them. But that already sounds like there's quite a lot of variety to kind of keep it interesting. So you have to, again, approach it a bit more strategically. Yeah, I mean, the clue's in the name, really. They are assassins. (laughs) Yeah. Am I remembering this right? Is there like an owl or a falcon or something in the game? Eagle, That flies out and scopes things out. Yeah, an eagle, that's it. You are known as the eagle bearer. That's sort of your moniker as a mystios. And the, the reason why is quite sweet. Uh, it's, it, as you, um, at the very beginning, when your younger sibling baby is about to be thrown off a cliff, you, as a young child, try to stop it from happening. Um, the baby does get thrown off the cliff, and then you also fall off, and you're running away from your Spartan homeland. You uh, get on a boat to try and sail away, and an eagle goes with you. And that's the eagle that sort of follows you around the game then, called Icarus. Does it suckle you and raise you as its own? Um, I'm not sure mammals have... Uh, birds have teats. So, <laughs> suck... I think it vomits into your mouth would be the preferred yeah. bird way. Do a little... Oh, oh, oh. So are there points so, in the game where you learn about Alexius's uh, gag reflex? Um, yes. Uh, it happened. It, it happened at the symposium and it involved Alcibiades and a goat. I'm not even making that up. 
<laughs> infanticide and bestiality in the same game. I love wow, it. Wow, you know. It's <laughs> great, isn't it? Um, so apart from the goat sex, the main thing, <laughs> yeah, uh, the writing, the writing is oh, okay. brilliant. So I think, um, I think if you look at some of the criticism of the game online, um, some of the fighting mechanics, um, you know, were, were criticized or that it was just too big of a game. I never get bored of a really big game, to be honest, cause I, I can happily play off and on for a year, but no, the mm. writing in this is brilliant. Um, there are more consequences than usual for an Assassin's Creed game, so it edges towards The Witcher okay. 3 um, in that way. But I think the the joy of that is not so much in the outcome, like will this result in a fight or not, but in the time you have to take to think about what they're really asking you. So there's this, there's this recurring theme all the way through it, which is gods versus reason and myth versus mm. lies. Um, and because, you know, it's set at a time when philosophical thinkers were really giving birth to humanism and the mm. idea that you don't just accept things because you're told, you don't let hegemony like Sparta rule. Instead, we want Athenian democracy. And there's this kind of tension in the game whereby they want to lean into the mythology and be like, oh, remember Cyclops and Medusa and Minotaur and all these sorts of things. But instead mm. instead of straight up going to battle the monsters, you often find that it's um, a lie or it's a story that's been passed down and corrupted. And so you find like um, a, a thief pretending to be a Minotaur in order to, you know, get a, a tourist to give him money in Crete. Or mm. you find that the Cyclops is really just kind of like a very big, lonely man on an island. And um, so they, they really challenge you to... Um, it, people are always saying, oh, thank heavens you've arrived. You know, the gods heard my prayers. And you're always asked how you want to respond, whether it's, yes, I am descended from the gods, you know, and the gods brought me. Or, no, I'm here under my own free will. You need to pay me. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of like the consistent theme across it is deciding whether you want to go with reason or you want to go with mythology. And it's played out so well because we're, we're in the golden age of Athens where they're, they're yeah. okay, they're just about to go into the um, war with Sparta and other Greek states, but they've, the Persian war is behind them. They've had a period of peace. Athens has, you know, they, it's got Pericles, he's father of uh, democracy in a lot of ways they're building the acropolis um they've got all these they've got socrates who's asking questions about um you know you have to question yourself to have a worthwhile life you've got hippocrates you know he's the kind of father of medicine you have to do quests for him whereby he asks you should this man live or die and if you know about the hippocratic oath what it's leading to is you sort of saying well even though you're a mercenary and your task is to go and kill people while you're doing quests for hippocrates you must not kill people because his his rule is that he has to make everyone better even if they're bad and he you know he has to reserve yeah. judgment because that's the hippocratic oath um you go on voyages with herodotus who's the father of uh, history, really. He was like the first one to go traveling around the world and write down what he saw. He was like the first travelogue. His writings are amazing. Um, 
you meet Aristophanes um, uh, at um, the symposium. And he's talking about how he wants to take down uh, a ruler of Athens, like a, a bad ruler, by writing a satirical play. And would you help out with the performing of the satirical play? And it helps turn the crowd against him, so it weakens your enemy. But there's this awful irony in it, because if you know your history, it wasn't long after that that Aristophanes writes this play satirizing Socrates about how he's corrupting young people with his... Um, out there thoughts he's sort of anti-authoritarian thoughts and it was his students who you meet who go off then defect to sparta come back and essentially are the downfall of athens and then socrates is put on trial and he said oh you're responsible for that we saw you in the play you know we know about your reputation and, sure and this enough, all happens socrates in the game gets... or in real life no 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 so so the downfall of Athens happens after the game. We're just on the dawn of it. So here's this irony that you're helping out Socrates, you're helping out Aristophanes, but you know that in a few years' time, it's going to be responsible for Socrates' death. Athens wow. is going to like fall to Sparta. And so there's, there's these things that aren't fully explained in the game, but that's why I say the consequences are so interesting, because it's not yeah. whether immediately after I do this, I'm going to get in a fight. It's oh, do you know what? I understand a little bit about how this plays out in the real world because the historical trivia in it is so good. Yeah. Well, that sounds cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like, that sounds like they, they, there's more richness to it than the other Assassin's Creed games that I've even, I've dipped in and out of. Um, right, we do need to hurry you up, Tim. So, uh, so, sorry, what was that, Erin? Have you played any of the other Assassin's Creed, Creed games yourself? Oh, yes. Yeah, lots of them. Uh, two um, in the... How would you rate it in comparison it to compare? the other ones? Is it, do you prefer this? Like, what makes it stand out for you? I do. I do prefer it. Um, I think the... As I say, the game is absolutely massive. It takes hours and hours and hours mm. to get through. The world is sprawling. But it looks beautiful. Greece is a great setting for it because it's got such a variety of geography. It's got great characters. But it's also... And it's got good history trivia but also myths that people are familiar with it's taken all the best aspects of previous games so you can still go sailing like you could in uh black flag across the Aegean. Yeah, black flag wait do they have pirate songs greek pirate songs well greek yeah not pirate songs, songs but they had shanties they do they have greek <laughs> greek language shanties <laughs> yeah i love that about black flag and um, mm. so really quickly in a nutshell uh what were the things you thought were poo in this game I think it's just um, fighting when you don't want to fight. Because I enjoyed the um, the the writing and the story so much, I think sometimes yeah. you would go on a quest which was trying to get you to examine your own ethics, but you ended up having to fight and kill people anyway. And the other thing is that the the wars between Sparta and Athens, you have to variously take different sides to complete quests. But, you yeah. know, being a nerd, I just really wanted to support Athens. I didn't want to be with the Spartan jocks, but you kind of have to because it's where you're from. And the per the point is you're supposed to be reuniting your Spartan family. So that was the bit I wasn't so keen on. Yeah, you didn't want to go back to Sparta and be like, let's, let's, let's. Yeah, piss off Gerard Butler. <laughs> who's actually your grandfather in this game. Gerard Butler's your grandfather. Yeah, well, technically wow. Leonidas. Sparta! Yeah, but that guy, that character, he's your grandfather. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, Leonidas. 
Yeah. I know the guy. I remember that film. <laughs> <laughs> um, so would you recommend this and to whom? What kind of what kind yes, of Yes, I would recommend would it. Recommend I, I, look, if you have played another Assassin's Creed game and you liked it, you're going to love this. If you like Ancient Greece, you're going to like it. If you like role-playing games, you know, of the sort of Witcher Skyrim variety, I think you'll like it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not a lot of not a lot of downsides to it. I have to say I thought the horse um mechanics were just shit. Like yeah, the horse I don't is really... really crap, isn't it? It's like I don't really I'm doing ride a little... the horse very much. No one can see this, but I'm doing like a little impression of the way the hooves are. The hooves are like curved forwards. <laughs> so I'm really weird. Yeah. I, I found I didn't really use my horse very much. I very quickly um upgraded it to a rainbow unicorn that's sort of shack glitter. Um, what? so that's all I used it for. Other than that, I didn't, I didn't really ride it very much, but it is funny because even when you're going at a trot through the city, the citizens who are like a mile ahead of you throw themselves to the ground. Like you're coming at them like a steam train. It's, the, the AI on the horse is, yeah, it's rubbish, it's but really I, it shit. didn't, I didn't use it very much cause I like running around and finding things. <laughs> Amazing. So that brings us quite neatly to your rating. What would you give this game out of 10? I think if you're into history uh, and and you're into the storyline, a nine. And if you go to games primarily for the gameplay, uh, I'd go for more like a seven. Wow. Okay. History buffs a nine. Everyone else a seven. Uh, Thank you very much, Tim. You're welcome. That was so thorough. I feel like I feel like my brain expanded listening to that. How about you, Erin? Yeah, it was really enlightening. I learned uh, quite a lot. I was just sitting there quietly listening to uh, your lovely stories. It was put so eloquently. I can actually see Erin's brain coming out of his nose, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like just, just dribbling down the yeah, side Yeah, save there. that for the Egyptian one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, shall I go next? Okay. So what's yeah. the game you're going to be talking about again? I'm going to be talking about the now infamous Untitled Goose Game. Woo. I mean, honk, honk. Introduce it. Basically what, basically what Tim did is the game. It's honk, honk. I can't even do it. You do it again, Tim. Honk, honk. <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> that's basically the one sound you make in the game. Uh, this is uh, described as a puzzle stealth video game. Uh, it was developed by House House, which is a snappy name, isn't it, for a games developer, and uh, published by Panic. Uh, as far as I can tell from my two minutes of research, it is available on pretty much all platforms. And I played it on an Xbox One X uh, on Game Pass. So I didn't even pay for it. I just paid my Game Pass subscription. Uh, and it came out in 2019. Yay! Okay. Uh, so can you briefly describe so in, it to in us? A in a nutshell. Yeah, if you could, that would be brilliant. Yeah, so in a nutshell, uh, you play an arsehole goose like a total arsehole of a goose, um, basically trying to cause 
total arsehole, like the, the biggest arsehole you can imagine. So naughty, so out of order. Uh, and, the, and the objective of the game in a nutshell is to just wreak havoc um, among a bunch of citizens in a kind of British market town. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so as a goose, you can do, I think, about four things. You can honk. Uh, you can honk a bit more. <laughs> you can uh, pick things up. And you can drop things. That's pretty much it. Can I and ask that's a, um, need for a, the game. Can I ask a background question just to see where we all stand yeah. on this? Um, has anyone actually been attacked by a goose in real life? No. <laughs> really? When I was uh, <laughs> when I was a small child, oh, no. I must have been about five or something. Uh, I was at the Arrow Valley Lake in Redditch, and um, a Canadian goose ate my shoe. I've been there. <gasps> yeah, it was it attacking me. I think shoe. my mum my mum picked me up to get away from it, and it just took my shoe off. And off it went. And I was pretty scared of Canadian oh, geese fun. for a while after that. So yeah. just for context, like it's not it's not a ridiculous premise. Goose, no. go- goose, gooses, geese are pretty um pretty a holy. Yeah, little bit of trivia I learned in my two minute uh, wiki read. Uh, the, the the people at House House started thinking about the concept behind this game because someone shared an image of a goose, which led to a discussion of geese. Which led to someone saying, oh, that might be quite a good idea for a game. Which led to this. And I think that the game um, was kind of started as a bit of a joke. And now it's a very serious game, clearly. It's not serious, but it isn't easy, I have to say. Like, it's quite Mm. challenging. Um, It's it's essentially essentially a series of, of puzzles. Um, they're not presented to you as puzzles, but essentially that's what they are. You kind of have to use stealth to figure out how to complete lists of things that you need to disrupt in the village. So, for example, right at the beginning of the game, you get told to uh, steal a bunch of stuff to have a picnic with. Now, a goose doesn't have stuff to have a picnic with, so you have to steal it off of an innocent little gardener who's just trying to enjoy his garden. And one of the things you do is like, you turn on his hose, get him all wet, you end up nicking his sun hat, you end up making him fall on his bum, like you steal all his stuff, right? Uh, You get a bonus, there's like a a few little hidden bonus things that you can do that you can unlock just by being a pain and just figuring it out yourself, like locking him out of his garden, like stealing his keys and stuff like that. so yeah, there's there's like little to-do lists and they're all just mischief. So the more of an but arsehole you are naturally, the better you are at this game then? Yeah, but you also have to strategize quite heavily. So that's the puzzle aspect. So you are a goose and yes, as, as Tim has shared his traumatic childhood story, uh, geese are quite scary in some characters there's a little boy in the game that is scared of the goose so if you honk at the little boy he'll go and run away and hide 
but most of the other characters will like try and get rid of you. So like you can grab hold of something and while it's in your mouth, they'll like grab it out of your mouth. And depending on what it is, sometimes they can just pull it out. Sometimes they'll pull you across the screen. <laughs> like Sometimes you can pull the other end off and break it. Um, other times, like there's one character who tries to hit you with a broom several times. <laughs> um, <laughs> some of them like shoo you, like shoo you out and... The way that it happens in the gameplay is that you are then unable to manoeuvre the goose back in the direction they're standing in. So as they do this weird little like rudimentary shoo, shoo action, uh, the goose can't go back in the direction that they're in. Yeah, so it kind of blocks you in a way. Um, so, so stealth is the name of the game. And often you find yourself hiding behind things. Yes! Well, funny story, I don't know if this is true, but Wiki says that this game, the gameplay was inspired, it's quite funny, was inspired by the Hitman series. I hope that's the, I hope that's part two. I hope that's the sequel, Goose with a Gun. Goose with a Gun. I know, it would have been so fun if you took some people out because some of those villagers were very mm. annoying, going to say. There was one woman, I called her every profanity under the sun because she kept finding me and I was like, how have you seen me here? Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. just, the people it, yeah. I found were just generally doing too much pottering, weren't they? They were just doing so much pottering. If there had been less pottering, the game would have gone swimmingly. Yeah, they were really annoying and they were too inquisitive. <laughs> yeah um apart from the two uh, people you... that give you a round of applause when you do a little performance for them i like that bit oh yeah yeah that's true <laughs> i was really drawn in i think by the music did you find that had a big effect on your gameplay yeah like my expe expectations of this game was that it's going to be genius, this kind of genius game, because everyone was raving about it, and it would be really funny and really genius. Um, I thought it would be a lot wittier than it was. But what I actually found when I started playing it was that it was, the music made it quite relaxing. Mm. Um, it was really endearing music. A lot of the initial gameplay was really sort of, Although you were just being really annoying and I had a smile on my face the whole time because I was messing <laughs> with people's lives and that made me so happy. Um, I did find it quite like relaxing in the sense that it removed me from everything else. It was just so simple and sweet and, um, and just really good fun. So yeah, the music definitely added to that, I would say. And also the, the way the game's drawn and coloured, it's very reminiscent of a kind of kid's storybook, like something well, so quite that cartoony. you had when you was at school. Yeah, very. It's very kind of simple, blocky characters. It's quite a simple, blocky goose. Out of curiosity... But the really maybe... nice thing about the goose... Sorry, oh, sorry out, out, out of curiosity, because you have to be an arsehole, is it suitable for children or is it kind of like... Yes. More... It is suitable for children. Yeah, and it actually just won the best, I think, I can't remember the exact name of the BAFTA, but it just won a BAFTA, I think, for best family game. I'll double check that. But I think it was best family game, uh, BAFTA. Yeah, it's suitable for kids. It's hard, but I think that, that the 
the thing that kids will probably be better than a lot of adults at is being happy to just repeat and repeat and repeat. Um, I think as adults, like, yeah, when I, when I get to what I didn't like about the game, I'll touch on that more. But I think kids would really, like, revel in repeat the satisfaction of repeating something until they figure it out. Maybe more than we would. But, um, yeah. So what I really loved about it, what I was about to say, Erin, was that I really love the way the goose is animated and the way it moves around. Like, it's bomb waddle the way it honks, the way it like, the way it swims, it's just so cute. And I just love how adorable the goose itself is. And that's probably my favorite thing about the game. It's just this, go just the goose. <laughs> it's all about the goose. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I have to say that for a game that I felt that there was a lot of hype for, um, it got to a point very quickly where I was like, well, I've run out of game. First of all, I just zoomed through it quite quickly. Is it quite short and, then? And there were a few puzzles. Yeah, it's pretty short. There were a few puzzles, like a couple of hours. How long did it take you, Tim? Yeah, a couple of hours. Like two to three hour game. Like if you unlock some of the the extra bits that aren't on your kind of shopping list of naughty stuff to do, there's a couple of secret hidden ones. They take a bit of time. Like, I don't know if you did the football, Tim taking the football all the way through to the guy's garden and scoring a no. goal. That took ages. <laughs> it took so <laughs> long. And the, yeah, so my kind of negative of this game was one, I felt like there wasn't enough of a game to live up to the hype. But two, those little extra bits didn't have enough of a reward to make up for the tedium of actually getting them done. Some of the mischief, especially the, additional extra mischief like the football for example just took just took ages and then I, I felt like the reward was very poor it was just like ticking an item off a list and you're like oh I just kind of I wanted some another level to it um so that's my biggest criticism I feel like really great setup really nice kind of initial experience playing the game and then I felt like it just needed to add something else yeah do you think? Yeah, do you think it's likely that that they'll they'll create a sequel um, to it? I think they'll they'll definitely do something else with it. They've had so much success with the game, and it's not like the biggest budget game. So I think following the success of this, they'll have some some interest in invest investment, especially because they've won awards for it. Um, so yeah, I think that that. They could they could probably do some DLC for it and stuff. Um, I've just looked yeah, at the I, art. I would well. play a sequel. Sorry, I beg your pardon. <laughs> Are you looking at the art? Yeah, I was just looking at the art style, and I I can literally imagine someone like you said earlier that someone just like made this game as a bit of a joke, because it's yeah. so it's so basic. But and like you know the animation already from the picture I'm looking at looks extremely simple, but. What an amazing story, though. Like, if that is the case, yeah, like, yeah. someone was just like, let's do it as a joke and it's become such a big success. Yeah, I don't think the game was made as a joke, but I think the initial idea yeah. of, like, wouldn't it be funny if was a kind of office thing, from what I've, from what I've read, anyway. But, yeah, so 
yeah, I feel I feel like a little now I've finished it, I feel like a little bit sadder about it than going in. When I first started it, I was like, This is amazing and now I'm like, oh. So it's not got a lot so of replayability then so. once you've once you've done it. Is it literally you've no. done it, you've done it. Once you've done it, you've done it. Like it the levels are very limited, it's not got loads of Easter eggs hidden everywhere, you know, it's <laughs> eggs. it's got a few hidden things. Yeah. <laughs> it's not got any golden eggs hidden anywhere. Any well, goose eggs? Has, and I just hey, haven't found them. Kid, you got any goose eggs? <laughs> hey, I liked. I, I, I don't. I don't want to give away any uh, spoiler for it, but I do think you know it was very much oh, constructed as like already, a as like a short story rather than a long playing game. And there's there's a beautiful beginning and end tie up to it on the first playthrough before you go onto the extra yeah. stuff because at the beginning you start in a, a pit of something yeah and it sort of doesn't make any sense you're like okay yeah. sure and you completely forget about it as you go off on your adventure and then you end up back there at the end and all of a sudden you go yeah. Yeah. oh that's why the start looks like it does and so for me that was it was very satisfying to just be those two hours because that was the joke once you got there you're like all right okay yeah, so i didn't do any I of the extra stuff after that i guess i it just left me wanting something else. i didn't feel like that was enough for me but i guess i don't know I, I think I went in with very high expectations and the end wasn't smart enough for me. Like, it was fun, but I was like, oh, is that it? <laughs> and I think I even said out loud, is that it? <laughs> I was just like, oh. oh. I'll tell you how I, I, how I think of clever. the story. It's like a, it's Sorry, like a playable... It's fine, I, I think of the story. It's like a playable Beatrix... Okay. Okay. Um, I was just going to say, it, it's like a playable Beatrix Potter as written by David Williams. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I would summarise the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's silly and it's fun. And yeah, I guess there is a kind of story to it. Um, but, and I, I would recommend it to people because it's so short. Yeah. Is there, is there a particular group that you'd recommend it to? Would you just say like people you're like just any gamer or, or do you recommend I'd say, I'd say anyone have a go at it, especially if you've got something like Game Pass. I definitely wouldn't recommend it to someone who probably didn't like those kind of games, like puzzly games, um, paying full price. Because I think, for a while, it was like for, for the length of game. I think it was like sixteen quid or something. Really? And I feel like now that the price, yeah, I think so. I think it was about fifteen ninety nine on when it first came out. On I could be wrong, but I, I feel like I remember seeing it at that price on Switch when it first came out on that. Um, that's the other thing I'd say actually. This is a great Switch game, uh, or a great PC or or um, uh, desktop game. I feel like I played it on Xbox and although the music was really nice um, playing it on Xbox through my nice uh, sound system, I feel like the graphics and the Xbox were just kind of, it was wasted on that. But on Switch, it would be really nice and you could do it in a long train journey, that kind of thing. But I, yeah, as I say, like, as much as I want to support indie games, I would have been a bit like, oh, is that it? If I'd have paid full price for it. But now it's on Game Pass. I feel like, yeah. yeah. That's all right. And, and also, I like playing those kinds of games on Game Pass because they're short, so you can play more of them in your month um, that you're paying for. So my overall rating for this game, like, really is only about six. 
Yeah. Which I feel really bad about because I did really like it, but I, I just feel. If it was extended, I, now I've played it, I'm like gonna forget about it. If it was further extended, <laughs> do you reckon you you'd be giving it a higher rating? Is it just because it had such a short lived kind of playthrough? I don't know because um, do you remember a few months back I played a game called Goragoa? Yeah. Which that was only about a two or three hour game, and that is well like I'd have paid twenty five quid for that game because that was just so like intricate like the art was amazing the puzzles were amazing i know it took years to develop and and draw because it was all hand drawn i just i don't know like you know what i mean like you play a game sometimes and you just your breath is just taken away you know like oh that was amazing and you play a game sometimes and you've enjoyed yourself but at the end of it you kind of forget it and i feel like a bit like that with untitled goose game i just think you're a mean goose gem yeah, maybe You're just I'm a, a mean goose. goose. Yeah, ha. but I do. Um, before I finish, ma 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 ma. Before I finish, ma 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 ma. I can't do a goose noise, guys. Angry sheep. You just sound like generic muppet. <laughs> no, that's def. That's a goat. No. Shit. No, it's not. No, it's, that is a that is a chicken. Um, <laughs> I want to do, speaking of games that leave you blown away, I'm going to do a pocket recap on the ending of Control. So on the last podcast, I talk about a game called Control. And I was almost finished. And the end was so fucking hard, you guys. So fucking hard. It took me two weeks because it made me so stressed. I had to like take (laughs) big breaks in between retrying the end. Um, But that game, oh my God. All of the end section just blew my mind. Like, at the end of the game, I wept a little tear. <laughs> I, I loved it <laughs> so much. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I'm going to opt... I think I gave it, like, an eight and a half, nine. I'm going to now give it a nine and a half. I'm only docking it a half point because there were just points when I just found it slightly too hard. <laughs> but I did it in the end. I got very stressed, but I did it. I persevered. But yeah, because there's no there's no um, difficulty setting on it. And there were some bits where it's almost like uh, Dark Souls, where you have to just go right back to your control point, do every fucking thing again before you even get to start the boss again. Like, so... Bits like that, after a while, I was like, oh, God! <laughs> so, nine and a half. But if you want to play something, if you don't mind a challenging game and you want to play something that absolutely blows your mind, I can't recommend it high enough. So that was just my little uh, add-on from last week. Very nice. <laughs> okay. That was a very sweary <laughs> I can tell how passionately you feel about it. I hope there oh, are no kiddies God. listening. Yeah, no, we don't. We don't. We. I think we come up as explicit, Tim, when people listen hope to so. this podcast. <laughs> All four of our followers know that this occasionally gets explicit. <laughs> It'd be even worse if they could see what the, you were doing. My word! <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. As a simple listener, that I this know, went mate. on. <laughs> oh. And I, I've been whoring my way across ancient Greece, but this. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so 
So, uh, Erin, have you got a game to uh, <laughs> tell us about? Um, yeah. <laughs> Before I take off any more glares. <laughs> so I'm going to keep. I'm going to try and keep this one quite brief because we've we've probably gone very very long over time at the minute. But I've been playing a, a fantastic game called yeah. Borderlands Three. Um, so yeah, I kind of come across this one. I think it was at the games convention that uh, you came across it. Sorry. Okay, I think there's a massive lag between when <laughs> when you're talking to me. So the first time I ever played Borderlands was actually this when is we isolation went to the games for you. Convention. This is what happens. Um, Erin's see... just complete because Erin's audio is lagging. He cannot hear the filthy jokes that we're making. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Erin. Tell us about the game. Yeah, something about a game. Sorry? Tell us about the game. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you you actually completely cut out there. So yeah, Borderlands. Um, I first came across the Borderlands series when we were at a games convention checking out Heaven's Vault. We had a brief little play on Borderlands 2. Um, Three. Even though... Sorry? We played three. We played Borderlands 3. Did we? I thought it was Borderlands 2. It was yes. a re-release, wasn't it? No, the whole point of it being at the convention was it was the new Borderlands that was about to come out and we had a little play of it. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So <laughs> I, I'd actually played Borderlands 3 before it had come out. This is this famous research I'd heard so much about. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. my... My, the funny my... thing is, he was actually there, Tim. He was there with me playing it and it was Borderlands 3. <laughs> and we even queued up to get in to play it. <laughs> we did it was well worth the wait though um, <laughs> even though i basically as soon as i started playing that game i just got shot to shit i was like oh this is quite an interesting um you know shooty game so i thought as a little bit of a christmas present i'd ask for it and yeah i've been um quite thoroughly enjoying it so yeah, just to give you a bit of a background, so Borderlands 3 is is a action role-playing kind of first-person shooter. It's very cartoony, which I yeah. also love. Um, developed by Gearbox yeah. Software and published by two games and it, uh, 2K Games. Sorry, I beg your pardon. And it came out in September 2019. So yeah, I'm going to kind of like briefly sum it up. And you're playing on PlayStation, PlayStation. I am playing on PlayStation 4, yeah. So, unfortunately, I don't really have... Though we got a Switch recently, which is quite good. So I finally played Breath of the Wild. Well happy about that. Just started it, and I'm, like, absolutely in love with that. But, yeah. So So if you want to listen to a review, Erin, on Breath of the Wild, I recommend episode one of our podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. I know you were there, but I know how you are forgetting things, even though you were there. (laughs) You should listen to it sometime. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very forgetful one, but yeah. So this this game in the nutshell. So I I kind of have that like a uh, feeling that it's kind of been influenced by the James Bond kind of golden eye first but like classic first person shooter but it's got its mm. own kind of twist to it so the way 
the way the game is laid out, it's kind of open world in the in the sense that you're kind of free to explore um, your environment. Um, but it's not completely open world. You can't just run in any directions because if you get to a certain border, I guess this is why it's called Borderlands, if you get to a certain border, these yeah. huge towers just turn around. They're just like, go back or you're going to die. Obviously, I tried to run out and I got shot to death. But it's free enough that you can go in any direction. <laughs> um and they're kind of like lots of little mini maps that make up uh, the first planet. So you start mm-hmm. off on this planet called Pandora, and you're kind of introduced yeah. to it's almost like Mad Max kind of world where everything's you yeah. know built of like uh, oh what do you call it like you know the shanty town kind of like <laughs> cast <laughs> iron yeah. yeah that kind of thing which is really really cool. Um, I mean the actual gameplay is is quite straightforward. It's kind of like find a mission go out and do the mission, which gen- generally is like, you have to kill a bad guy, you go back and you go, oh, I've killed the bad guy, and then you get, you level up kind of thing. But like, one of the things that I noticed straight away from playing it is actually, even though the gameplay itself is quite, um, you know, quite samey, there's, there's so much variety in weapons. And I, I don't think I've ever mm. seen this with a game before, where pretty much every person you kill, you've got a new weapon. And it, it mm. it's like, and they're, they're not just like, oh, it's a slightly more powerful machine gun. They'll all do different things. So, for example, at the minute, I've got yeah. this one. It'll have a secondary kind of like shot where it shoots this lovely little red ball that explodes and pins to people. So when you shoot, your bullets actually home in on them. And then you get like different types of That's weapons cool. as well. So you have like rocket launchers that electrocute people. Uh, ones that will set them on fire. Ones that will like kind of, release a venom on them and depending on the type of opponent that you're you're facing you you can use different uh weapons to your advantage so say for example something that's corrosive would be good against uh people with shields because it would melt them or if someone's wearing armor something electric because it will be absorbed by their armor so you kind of you, you have to think about what you're doing but also at the same time because you have so much variety your plans could be like, oh, I'm going to use this weapon. And you find this other one. You're like, oh, okay, this is really cool. But it's almost a little bit... Do you have the opportunity at any point to um, use a goose as a weapon? I haven't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> as creators, as their there, weapons are, I've I not come across it. the goose can, gun yet. You could do quite a lot of damage with a goose. <laughs> I could imagine that. Uh... On, on that note... Go on. On that note, I want to ask Erin, because I've I've played Borderlands 2, a bit of it, not all of it, but one of the things that I really enjoyed about it is it's really funny. Yes. Did you find that in this? Yeah, there is definitely... So funny! <laughs> it def- yeah, it's definitely still got that same kind of humour to it, I imagine. I haven't played Borderlands 2, clearly now, but yeah. Like, the story is quite funny, though I must admit, I'm literally the shittest person when it comes to actually, you know, following stories. I find myself kind of just getting a bit like, I just want to get on and kill shit. So, yeah, I've kind of just been... You don't want to read dialogue bubbles. (laughs) No, not really. And, like, the time I play it as well is normally quite late. So, I just, when I play this game, I'm kind of just like, I just want to kill, like, people with glowing shit. So, yeah. Um, Reading yeah. is hard, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's one of these things. I don't mean, though. Sometimes you do just want it read to you. Depends on the kind of game. But it's like, 
I I find it like a lot of games I like to be like something that I can just pick up and play quite easily, which I really do find with this. I find if I just want to sink in yeah. like thirty minutes to this game, you know, I can complete a mission. I don't really have to kind of like invest that huge amount of time like what I did with bloody mm. The Witcher. I'd I'd go on and play Gwent for about an hour and then I'd be like, I haven't actually done anything yet. Whereas this straight away, you know what what mission you, you've got to kill so and so at this place. So you know it's quite it's quite laid out. It's quite linear in terms of actually following the missions. So yeah, yeah. it's you don't really have to think too much about playing the game. It's just yeah, very yeah. nice and accessible. And there's definitely something to be said for that. And what's really interesting is the three of us just completely by accident have really played, uh, picked different spectrum of games. Like Tim's picked a big, epic, massive open world. You've picked a first person shooter that's pretty focused on small missions. And I've got a little tiny indie game with puzzles. <laughs> and they're all for kind of different moods of gaming. Yeah. But the, again, like um, going back to the point of, uh, you know, that, because I'm I'm a massive open world kind of fan and that's one of the reasons I love this mm -hmm. because you can kind of go off in your own direction and explore different places and find different missions. So I found, um, so something like Goldeneye, like I was comparing it to earlier, where it's a very, mm. you do this particular path. I, I find that quite boring now. I like to still have that sense of going out and being able to explore. And the other thing I found with this as well, yeah. your first setting being on the planet pandora even though you've got all these little mini maps within it after a certain time <clears throat> you get to a certain point in the game you're actually you're actually like building up a ship and your ship is able to explore other planets and so far i've come across three different ones and they're all completely different environments so mm. it, it gives you you know that kind of like you're not just set in one place you, you do have that kind of freedom to explore and the different places will have different enemies and the different kind of feel to them. So like I said, the first one was quite yeah. Mad Max-esque. You know, the second one yeah. is a planet which is kind of like in the middle of a civil war, which is a lot more uh, futuristic and, you know, rather than people running around with mm. uh, swords and stuff, you know, they're a lot more like tanked up people with armour. Like one of the, the enemies that you have to fight is just like some massive juggernaut of a guy. Um, and you have to be. So that's the planet with all the buff dudes. The planet with the all the buff dudes. Buff dudes. In sexy armor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and obviously, yeah. And the, the, the recent one I've got to is kind of like a moon of a planet, so it's all in low gravity. So, yeah. Again, it, it kind of like changes mm. the feel of the game as well. Yeah. So I've I've been. Yeah. And, and did, have uh... you played? Have you done any of the online um, co-op? on this if you've done apparently that's quite good on this game no and actually the interestingly you say this about co-op and we we spoke about this before actually we found it really hard to find local co-op games this is actually one of the, one of yeah. the few that is and i'd love to try it out at some point oh is it yeah so when you first come oh, onto really? it you can that's actually play it as a local co-op yeah so um oh. yeah i'd be interested to try it out obviously i haven't got another controller so maybe we should uh spend the day doing that one day but yeah it's very much encouraged hit up, the... hit up oh, uncle oh, amazon i'm sure <laughs> get delivered yeah shame about or it's a uh, bring your own controller party a bigger pardon yeah. byoc <laughs> byoc say it again bring your own controller i said it's a bring your own controller party 
BYOC. Oh, bring your own... Con- yeah, but we can't intermingle in households at the moment. I guess I could... Is that the I could oh, Maybe yeah. someone could bring you one and disinfect it and then leave it outside your door while they were going for their one daily exercise uh, trip a day. Maybe I could stick my hands through the letterbox <laughs> and just like put, be outside, could, but I play inside. I could stick inside. the TV out the window and you could play from the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So was there anything you didn't like about this game, Erin? Well, okay, so, I mean, it, it lived up to my expectations. I thought it was just going to be the kind of game that I'm not going to be heavily invested in, but I'm just going to enjoy playing like every now and then. And I yeah, guess yeah. that's kind of both a positive and a negative. It is a game that I'm not, I don't, I'm, I, this sounds really bad. I'm, I really don't care too much about the story. I'm just enjoying the actual yeah. playing of the game. So yeah, it's, it's not, I could easily walk away for it, from it for a few days. I don't really miss it, but I also like going back to it. So there's nothing I, I would say is poo. Maybe there is a bit too much weapon variety because you kind of like get used to using one weapon and then something better comes along and it's completely different. It's like, but this weapon's so cool. And like, it's, there's just almost too much going on with that. It's a bit overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and would you recommend it and to whom? Definitely not for kids. There's way too much swearing, like way too much <laughs> and people exploding and stuff. Um, I I would recommend it to. The thing is, it, it you know if you were were to really invest yourself in the story as well, I think there is a pretty good story uh, to follow, which is quite fun and quite charming. So anyone you know mm. who who's um, of the legal age, I don't know what the recommended age would be for this. I guess eighteen plus who likes a first-person shooter, who likes a bit of that open-world kind of feeling. So, yeah, that kind of thing. It's almost like, yeah, GoldenEye meets uh, Shadow of Mordor. I know that's a really weird way to describe it, but it kind of feels like that to me. I don't know why. Maybe I'm I'm just completely fucking nuts, but that's how I feel about it. (laughs) But, yeah. So, so given all of these things... Yeah, what would you rate it, Erin? Uh, oh, and have you even completed it? No, 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 no. I'm about halfway through at the minute. Um, okay, so at this halfway point, what would you rate it? I really like it, actually. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a seven, six point five seven. I'd say seven. Uh, because That's decent. Yeah, it is. It is a decent game. I'm not like absolutely blown away by it, but I really can't complain. Very much enjoying it. So yeah, if you like colourful things and killing people, happy days. Yeah. Uh, and just um, at the end of that, I'm going to recommend to you, Erin, and to anyone who is interested in expanding their knowledge of the story uh, of Borderlands, um, the Telltale games, uh, who don't sadly don't exist anymore, they had a wonderful Borderlands game uh, called Tales from the Borderlands and that was amazing like for me for a Telltale game that was one of the best I absolutely loved it so I recommend you go and play that yeah do you think um actually finding out more about the story will make it more enjoyable then yeah I think you you really 
um, you get into the characters a lot and the world is really, it's very funny, but also bits of it are quite moving. Like, it's just so fun. One of the, in terms of those kind of story-driven point-and-click games, I think that and War, uh, The Wolf Among Us were my two favourites that I've played. I couldn't really fault either of them. Um, mm. Yeah, I love the tale. I think there was two tales from the Borderlands ones. They were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So I highly recommend. Poor Telltale Games, sorely missed. I really enjoyed their stuff as well. Yeah. You know, while we're doing extras, there's um, there's an Assassin's Creed uh, book that's just been released. Well, it's not a book; it's an audio book on Audible called Assassin's Creed Gold, which is set uh, around the activities of Sir Isaac Newton. And uh, oh. it's been getting really good reviews, so I am going to check it out next. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> put aside the awful film, forget that. The rest of the extra stuff they've done around novels and things have been quite good because they've got good writers, just not good filmmakers. <laughs> yeah, it makes such a difference, doesn't it? Just having a really good story at the heart of something mm-hmm. and then someone who can then translate that story suitably to the medium that they want to put it yeah. in instead of just shoehorning a bunch of stuff in trying to make and that the audiobook <laughs> is done the audiobook is done by uh riz ahmet and uh giles from buffy <laughs> yeah anthony had a riz ahmed what and that rhymes oh my god oh my god my head there you go. now my head is exploded and i need to go and seek that out and um, so just for, <laughs> as a roundup guys um we are in uh nationwide lockdown hope everyone's mm. keeping safe and well and entertaining themselves do we have any super duper quick recommendations uh, on things people can do to entertain themselves? Tim? Oh, um, I'm going to go slightly abstract uh, and just say gamify everything. So <laughs> at the moment, you know, it's you can you can quite easily slip into this feeling of not like feeling like you're doing very much or you're achieving very mm. much because it's so sedentary and, you know, the, uh, our plans have kind of gone to waste so my recommendation is to try to infuse a sense of achievement into the mundane while we're all confined so top tips uh come up with multiple long and short-term goals so like have have a big idea but then break it down as small as you can because when you achieve those small little things it gives you that little dopamine rush that you get when you know you kill a person or you level up um make sure you're rewarding <laughs> your own effort with like some sweets or a film or you know whatever it is and um involve other people in your little gamification if you can as well because it's better if you have a sense of competition and then finally i want to remind people about embracing a sense of uncertainty because what makes a game really fun is when you don't 100% know what's going to happen next and you get an element of surprise so don't forget to do things in your day where you don't quite know how it's going to turn out Tim, I feel so like wholesome inside now. I think oh, we should keep good. Tim, Miriam. I think we should keep Tim. Bill ends up sack. Oh. I don't. I don't think Bill ends going to be happy with that. He's not rude. And he tells good stories. It's great. <laughs> I learn about history. I now feel really warm and fuzzy inside, and like there's going to be hope again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the power of gaming. You, We're keeping you. Erin, <laughs> <laughs> what is your little uh, entertainment tip? God, mine's... For uh, our self-isolation lockdown. <laughs> My one's a lot less, um, I guess, self-gratifying. Uh, get a social media addiction. 
<laughs> I've discovered TikTok. Okay. And it's fucking great. You just make stupid but videos. Aaron, you're over 30. And? <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, this is the perfect time. Like, I would have never have got it before, but then, um, you know, we had to lock ourselves away and someone posted a funny video of this thing called TikTok and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. So I've gone on it and then I've discovered all these amazing filters that make you look like whatever you want to be. You could be a rainbow unicorn, you could be fat, you could look like a kebab man and you just make stupid Can videos you out of Rivia? No! Oh my God, I haven't looked for that one actually. Oh, that'd be amazing. Although what would you do, Erin? Because you love Geralt so much. If you looked like Geralt, would you just lock yourself in the bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This is a good point. Actually, I don't want to know. You're my brother. I don't know why I asked that. I won't go into detail. Things just went weird. Things went weird. My my takeaway from that recommendation is people over 30 are starting to get into TikTok. So I'm now wondering where all the kids are going to go next. Yeah. Because they're going to be like, shit, our parents yeah. are on TikTok. We need to fuck off and find We need them. to ruin it for them. Erin's that's, turning that's up like that Steve Buscemi meme with the skateboard on his shoulder going, yeah. hello, fellow kids. <laughs> that That is Erin on TikTok. This cap on back to front. Pretend yeah, I'm cool, exactly. guys. I'm still, I'm still relevant. But what's your recommendation then, Jim? Um, I have been. Re- it's kind of a bit like what what Tim's saying about gamifying things. I have been really enjoying predicting what my neighbours' lives are like, and then watching them to see if I'm right. <laughs> I spend a lot of time working from home anyway, so I know most of my neighbours to say hello to, but I don't really know anything about them. Um, And we've got quite new neighbours on one side and my neighbour on the other side, I don't don't really know them that well. But I've been, um, but the people even next door but one or just in the local um, uh, block where we live, I've been just people watching, like maybe in a slightly creepy way, but gamifying it in the sense that I'm like I wonder what they're doing with that shopping I wonder why that young lad always goes to and from that garage oh he's smoking drugs okay like just stuff (laughs) that I've just observed that I didn't even notice before I'm like yeah he must be working there and helping his older uncle no he's just smoking drugs okay wrong prediction and then like just really sweet stuff like seeing how often people take their kids out to play in the little we've got like pathetic little yards they're not really gardens and like like how like inventive and creative some of my neighbors are like entertaining their kids and it's like really sweet and then yeah it's just been really fun and i'm not just watching like from a window i'm actually like out and they can see me and we can wave at each other and stuff like that so it's not like i'm just being a creep so you're not just being really nice to just kind of no, but then there are some people when I'm a bit judgy and like I'm like, yeah, you're an idiot. Are you going to be one of these like, we, people we... who phones the council looking out the window and be like, oh, the bin men, they just had a smoke? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I might turn into one of those people. We live opposite an as- a little tiny Asda and um, the queue gets so big sometimes because of the restrictions of people going in that I can see people waiting in the queue and sometimes I'm judging them because 
they're stood too close to each other or someone will walk past them that they know and they'll stop and have a really close together chat. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting really judgy about people that do that to the point where I will, if I'm in earshot, if I'm walking past, I'll be like, I'll give such a big tut and such an evil stare. But I won't tell them, I won't say two metres, but that's what I'm thinking with my face. <laughs> so to be honest, Jem, I am, I am 100% getting you... I'm 100% getting you, Jim, as a crossover between Jimmy Stewart in Rear Window and Howard, <laughs> and Howard Hughes uh, when he's got uh, tissue boxes on his feet. Like, you are halfway between there. That's that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I, that's that's not good, is it? That's not a good place to be. I didn't realise my recommendation was going to lead you down that path. <laughs> I retract it. I retract it. No, but the... The positive side of it is just, you know, acknowledge the people that live right on your doorstep in a nice way. Uh, the fun, more fun side of it is be the annoying honking goose and um, let them know when they're being idiots. Honk. Keep new two meters, to keep two meters apart, people. Stay home, safe lives. Honk. <laughs> and that's our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Um... I've been Jem. I've been Erin. And I am still Tim. Oh, damn. We, we always give our personalities up at the end of the podcast, Tim. <laughs> no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to it for a little while. Oh, it might okay. become useful. Right. <laughs> yeah. You might need it. <laughs> yeah, I might need it. You never know. <laughs> we can't all okay, be Jimmy well... Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> you can't all be Jimmy Stewart sat in your chair with your blanket over your knees. Um, thank you so much for listening to us uh, please go back and check some of our earlier podcasts out share this um, send us some messages we love you also um, you know be safe and stuff and don't don't be an idiot you know just don't stand close to people and be an idiot and cough all over their face no one needs that any last messages guys <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that <laughs> um, thank you very much for listening and thank you for joining us <laughs> Ha! Ha!